Welcome to The Path and the Practice, a podcast dedicated to sharing the professional origin stories of the attorneys at Foley and Lardner LLP, a full-service law firm with over 1,000 lawyers across the U.S. and abroad. I'm your host, Alexis Robertson, Director of Diversity and Inclusion at Foley. In each episode of this podcast, you'll hear me in conversation with a different Foley attorney. You'll learn about each guest's unique background, path to law school, and path to Foley and Lardner. Essentially, you'll hear the stories you won't find on their professional bios. And of course, you'll learn a bit about their practice. Now, let's get to the episode. Welcome to a special episode of The Path and the Practice. Today, we are changing things up just a bit, and instead of the usual format, the one-on-one format of the show, where I welcome a Foley attorney on to discuss their path to law and their path to Foley, today I'm thrilled to welcome three guests to the show. Jen Patton, Foley's Chief Talent Officer out of the Houston office, Lee Riley, an Employee Benefits Partner out of the Milwaukee office, and also a member of Foley's 12-Person Management Committee, and Chris Ward, a Labor and Employment Partner out of Chicago. We just to come together today for a candid discussion about attorney mental health and well-being because this episode is publishing in May, which is Mental Health Awareness Month. We wanted to take a moment to have lawyers from Foley reflect on their own stories and experiences navigating difficulties and supporting their own mental health and well-being. And we also wanted to take the opportunity to highlight a number of the resources Foley provides to support mental health and well-being. That being said, this is a discussion between a bunch of lawyers. None of us are doctors and we are not offering medical advice, but what we wanted to do was use this time to raise awareness as to where you can find support on your own journey. And if you are tempted to skip this episode in favor of a standard show, I encourage you not to. I felt like I should give that disclaimer because you may say, oh, this isn't why I wanted to listen to the path and the practice, but trust me, it is. This show is not just a list of programs, but it's a really candid discussion on some of the difficulties that lawyers can face throughout their careers, as well as advice on how to navigate them and how to find resources for support. Ultimately, this show, though, is about the importance of making space for your own humanity and using formal resources, as well as leading on community support when time are tough. The other fun thing about this show is that all of my guests have been on the path and the practice before. So if you listen to the outro where I check that out, where I list all of the episode numbers for Jen, Lee, and Chris. With that being said, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Jen Patton, Lee Riley, and Chris Ward. Well, welcome everyone to a special episode of The Path and the Practice. Today, I'm joined by Chris Ford, Lee Riley, and Jennifer Patton to talk about the variety of resources that Foley Lardner offers for mental health and well-being, but also to share personal stories as lawyers navigating you know, what can be a really tricky area. So before we dive in and start talking specifics, I'd love to get each of you to introduce yourself. And Jen, can we start with you? Sure. Thanks, Alexis. My name is Jen Patton. I am Foley's Chief Talent Officer. I like to say that my job is to help people be successful in theirs. So my job touches on all aspects of our people's life cycle from recruitment to development, advancement, and retention. Thanks so much, Jen. Jen's going to have a lot of insight to share about a variety of things at the firm, but I'm also considering her almost like my unofficial co-host this episode. So thank you, Jen, for being here. Next, Lee, can you please introduce yourself? Of course. I'm Lee Riley. I'm a partner in the firm's employee benefits and executive compensation practice. I've been with Foley for more than 25 years, and I serve on the Best Self Committee, which I know we'll be talking about shortly. 
We will. Thank you so much, Lee. And then Chris, how about you? Sure. Thanks. So Chris Ward, Labor and Employment Practice Group Partner, you know, sort of resident out of both the Chicago and Los Angeles offices. I've been with Foley for going on 17 years, and I guess I have the distinction of being the chair of the Best Self Committee. Thank you so much, Chris. And this is really fun for me. I was saying before we started recording that this is the first time I've had three guests on the show. And that also each of you have recorded your own respective episodes of The Path and the Practice. So if anyone is listening to this show for the first time, know that you can normally hear me get into the real details about each of the guests' path to law and path to Foley. And I'm certain that in the opening to this, I named the specific episodes where you can learn more about Chris, Jen, and Lee. So I hope you do that. But for now, let's jump in. So before talking about you know, specific stories and resources. You know, I wanted to get you, Jen, to set the stage a bit about well-being at Foley and some of the things the firm has done and what we have in place. Sure. Thanks so much, Alexis. So at Foley, we are driven by our core values. They are incredibly important to who they are. And those core values include, among other things, people and professional satisfaction. And as part of that, we recognize that our people's well-being is incredibly important to who they are both personally and professionally. And as part of that, the firm long recognized that depression, anxiety, addiction, mental health are real issues for far too many people involved in the legal profession. As a result of that, Foley became one of the inaugural signatories of the ABA's Wellbeing Pledge as part of our commitment to cultivating a healthy work environment here at the firm. We define steps necessary to foster a culture that puts the health, well-being, and professional satisfaction of our people at its center. This also resulted in the launch in 2019 of Foley's Best Self, which is the firm's wellness initiative. And it's built on four key pillars, and that's healthy body, healthy mind, meaningful connections, and fulfilling careers. And I know we're gonna talk more today about the work of that committee and the various things that we've been doing. Absolutely. And we have the head of the committee is also as well as another member of the committee on. But first, let's talk about what best self even is. And Chris, I will tell you, I feel a little guilty for asking you to rehash this again, because you did a really thorough job of it on your episode of the show. So maybe you don't have to go as detailed as we do there, because I, like I said, I'm sure I've given the audience members at the episode number, but start slightly at the beginning. Why was it important to you that fully create best self? What was your story? So I touched on that, obviously, and I don't know how much I want to go back into it and take over the platform here. But when I was promoted to senior counsel and then working my web partnership, I had just a lot of turmoil in my personal life. And historically, now looking backwards, I can tell you, I handled it reasonably well in some ways and very poorly in some ways in terms of the coping mechanisms and my willingness to sort of look into my own personal darkness and be okay with it took a lot of work to get through it and put a lot of work to get through it and sort of taking my personal experiences. And my wife, Natasha deserves a ton of credit for this because she's intimately involved in these sort of things has been working with the Florida lawyers assistance program and through the Florida board of governors. And she has really spearheaded a lot of this stuff. And we had talked about it a lot in terms of me learning from her. And I sort of, at one point put this connection together that I'm not that unlike everybody else and that we're all very driven people. We don't like to acknowledge our own weaknesses. My own weaknesses put me at great personal risk and I had to find some strength in them. And I am seeing through Natasha the need that lawyers in general need to have these messages brought together and we can be a leader 
I want to be a leader at Foley. And so that's sort of the genesis of how Best Self came up as we had this retreat, as I'd mentioned before, in Orlando. Great program, but it was very sort of positive practice oriented, which is a very important part of the mental health equation. But the other part is, hey, this stuff is not always pretty. And we should be okay with that because we're all humans. And so that was really the the reason why it was important for me to go to Jay and say, let's do this holistically instead of the way that we're doing now. And I will share my dirty laundry to let everybody know that, hey, this stuff is normal. I will be the one to try and start shining the light in the shadows. I got to say, in particular, credit to David Sanders and Lee. They were sort of the, the first partners with me on that and then Ann Lang came in, Dan Farrell came in, Jen has come in, and we've really grown. And I like the momentum we have, but that was the genesis. It was, I had my personal experience and I had a lot of opportunity to learn that mine is a lot like everybody. And so let's just bring our humanity forward. Yeah. So I'm going to ask more, of course, but once again, for the audience, and I looked it up, your episode was episode 25. So you do go into some real detail about things you're navigating then. And you mentioned Jay. So Jay was our now former CEO and chairman, but essentially based on everything that you were you know, working through, which I, you know, I think includes, you know, separation, concerns related to potential substance abuse, but you went to Jay and said, hey, I want us to have a formal vehicle to address this. And maybe, Lee, this is a place where you you want to jump in, but I'll ask Chris first. Can you talk more about, you know, you create this, and what is it? What did you do? What sort of things did you share or have you shared? So the truthful answer to this is I don't know what it is. We talked about this way back when, and Lee was instrumental. And I said, like, what do we want to call it? It's not a program. It's not an initiative. What is it? And the best that we could come up with this is idea of like, Maybe it's an expansion of how we perceive culture. It's something, but it like giving it a name sort of almost cheapens it to me, you know? And so I will be the first to tell you, like, has Best Self been successful? Like, are we doing what we set out to do? I don't know. I just know it's different, right? And that to me is we need to turn the the aircraft carrier around and expecting that flipping a switch is going to do it is the wrong view of it. So the ocean's going to do what the ocean's going to do. The wind's going to do what the wind's going to do. We can position a rudder. And I think that to me is what best self really is, is we're intentionally repositioning our rudder and we'll get there wherever this amorphous there is. But that's what we're working on right now. I love that, Chris. Of course, you made it very philosophical, but I will say, and I'm no longer an outsider as I've been at Foley for about two and a half years. But when I came in, you know, in particular was reading some of the the essays that you'd written and that other members of the firm had written, exploring a variety of topics related to, I'll just call it being a human, you know, we call it well-being, but just life and things that, you know, typically we, we might not talk about in a law firm or people would assume we wouldn't talk about. I was always just really heartened by the candor and the real dealness of what you just described. And so I think to listeners might be like, what are they talking about? <laughs> but the bottom line is, I think there's a lot of courageous conversations and there's other things as well. But I would say a hallmark of Best Self are the courageous conversations that we host where people really are able to share like, hey, this has been difficult for me. Here's how I navigate it. And I think it's going to be a little bit of a segue to a program we're going to talk about later in the show. Lee, Chris mentioned your name a few times while he was talking. So I don't know if you have any reflections on as you were getting it started or kind of your view of what Best Self is. So my view is similar to Chris. I'm not nearly as philosophical as he is. He's very deep. But, you know, from my standpoint, it was looking at Foley and, and thinking to be a successful law firm, you need two things. You need clients and you need the people. And many of our people are here for 
decades, which is great. But during the course of decades, you're going to have not great things happen in your life. And what I saw a lot of is people putting on a brave front when they come to work, right? We all come to work and we all kind of pretend like everything is great every day. And that is really difficult to do when your life is not feeling great behind the scenes. And I think we were doing a disservice to our people and not being honest and talking about that and giving space and safety for people to not be okay at work because that's just going to be our reality. So that was my approach when I went when I joined the Best Self Committee is just to embrace that honesty because I do think it makes us a better, more cohesive, more wonderful place to work. Absolutely. Jen, do you have any general observations on Best Self that you'd like to share? And I have a few other questions, but I do want to pause to ask you that. Yeah, I do think one of the best things about Best Self has been what it has done to just open up the dialogue around this topic. And you had mentioned the essays that people have written, and that is part of what we call our best self perspectives. And we invite anyone at the firm to share their story on any topic that they want. And people have opened up on everything from substance use, grief, struggles at work, struggles with their family, things like that. And it has really, I think, helped people build meaningful connections across the firm and help identify others who may have gone through similar situations. And so as Chris said, he used the word humanity before. And I think that's been really the greatest thing about Best Self. No, I think that's very much it. It's that I think at, at Foley and Larder in general, we're like, people are people. And with them comes all of all of the things. And I actually have some questions I'd like to ask about that in a moment. But first, I do want to turn to you, Lee, to talk in particular about an, another resource. So we have Foley Best Self, which, you know, I think programmatically does a lot with one of the, like I said, flagship things being the essays that people write. But also there's other resources we offer as a firm. I think in big law, when we talk about that, one of the first things that people will think of is the EAP or the Employee Assistance Program. Lee, you've been very vocal about using the EAP so we can hopefully get others to understand the resource and use it if they need it. But could you talk a little bit about that as well? Sure. So the EAP is provided by the firm and it's a a resource. You call it a telephone number, toll free and you can talk to somebody about getting help, basically connecting you to a counselor or a psychologist in your community that can help you with whatever your personal problem is that you're dealing with. It's completely confidential. So, you know, if I was to call the EAP today, Foley and Lardner would have no idea that I had done that. So it is, it's entirely confidential. And I have had occasion three times in my career at Foley to call that EAP. So I have used it for myself twice and then one time to help a friend so i've seen it in action and it's great i often i don't actually think this is hard but i think sometimes the hardest thing for people is to find the phone number which on foley's website is not particularly buried but there's a lot of talk you know we're releasing this in may which is mental health awareness month i actually just watched a program put on by the american lawyer which was reviewing their latest article about mental health and well-being in the legal profession and the stats aren't good right so i won't read them off to people because i think people can find that themselves but something they talked about was the ability of lawyers to get assistance within their firms. And I think for those of us like Jen and myself who are on the talent management side of the house, 
often the hardest part is letting people know these resources exist and they are real. And I think in the example of being connected with a therapist, people may assume that the firm's going to be like, okay, Lee, thanks. Can you give me all your information? We'll find someone for you in the next two to four weeks. And so if you wouldn't even mind maybe getting, you know, not sharing necessarily your own personal thing, but even more specific about like, how easy was it? What did you have to do to be able to get that resource? And was it quick? Yeah, it was quick. So the two times I used it for myself, which I'm, I'm happy to share, I did write a blog post about this. Oh, yes. In that case, say more. <laughs> so one time it was about my career. I was a mid-level associate and I was really struggling with my job and basically feeling very powerless. And it was one of these where I was like, should I stay and keep on the track I'm on or should I leave and try something different? And I was really stuck. So fortunately being an employee benefits attorney, I was very aware of the EAP. So I called the number and I, you know, again, I told the operator, this is my name. I work at Foley and Gardner. I'm struggling with my job. And they got me in touch with a counselor who's within walking distance of the office. And in three sessions, which were free, she helped me figure it out. So one of the things I want to point out, like when you use the EAP, it doesn't have to be a lifetime, like you're going to attach to a counselor and then necessarily see them for the rest of your life. In literally three sessions, it was a distinct problem. And she really helped me figure it out and get my mind clear. The second time I used it for myself, it was a personal situation. I was engaged and my fiance broke things off with me. It was at the point I was a senior counsel, uh, which Chris had mentioned. Chrissy and I are aligned. We didn't have great a senior counsel year. Senior counsel is the time period right before you become partner. So it's very stressful. So it was like a life bomb is the best way to say it. Like everything in my life felt really blown up. And I definitely needed somebody to talk to about how do I work my way through this? So again, called the EAP, told them what was going on in my life. They connected me to this wonderful counselor. And I actually did see her for about a year and a half. So that was a much longer time period, which I needed. But in both place times, it was great. It was easy. It was literally calling 1-800 number. The people on the phone were so empathetic and prompt. And it just, it made getting in touch with a counselor so, so easy. And then things have even changed a little bit with, you know, the, the pandemic and access to virtual health. I called Foley's EAP shortly after I started to get an understanding of how quickly someone could be connected. And so now I think we have a relationship through the EAP with BetterHelp. So the option can be someone in person that I believe they try to find you somebody within a week, I believe. But BetterHelp, they can get you in touch with someone within 24 hours. And that can be either via, you know, video conference or via text, but it really is fast. And I think for a lot of people looking for a mental health professional, one of the most daunting, difficult parts is finding someone. Yeah. Like, how do I figure out who to go see? And they kind of take that off your plate. Right. Do they take insurance? Do they not? And then, like you said, I think it's still three free sessions, but also they are specific to the issue. So if you had one issue about one thing and another issue about another, that would start another three sessions. And so it really is a, a tremendous resource that I think it's really easy to forget that we have. 
And certainly, you know, that's not necessarily the end all be all in navigating one's mental health, but it is a, is a great thing that I know we want our attorneys. And then for other attorneys listening, particularly if at a large law firm, you probably have the same benefit. So it's really worth looking into. Also, I think the EAP can help you navigate other major life changes. Back when I was still a practicing lawyer, I called my firm's EAP because I was like, I hear you have things for women having babies. And they were like, yep, we can call around for daycare. We'll send you some books. I mean, they really there are there to support in a variety of life circumstances and milestones. But before we keep kind of plotting through our programs, I do want to pause because what I think both you and Chris have exhibited is how Foley as a firm, I think culturally really can support people through difficult times. You're not the first people on the podcast to say this, but I'm curious as to your thoughts for, you know, particularly that associate who's listening. It's like, that's great for them. They are partners at the firm. (laughs) What are your thoughts on, you know, how does one clue somebody in? The natural response is, I'll just keep it to myself. I'll grit through. I'll be fine. And Leah, I see you. you. You made a face. So I'll start with you. What do I do? How do I handle this? So I would say start with your mentor or your practice group leader. That's practice groups with the way Foley is divided up or structured and let them know that you're having a hard time. And you give as much detail as you want, but even if even going to somebody and saying, right now in my life, I have something going on in my personal life that is not going well for me and I'm finding it's distracting me at work, it's taking up time, it's doing whatever it is doing to you. Just saying that amount of time, that amount of information gives your group a heads up that something is happening. And I have only ever gotten sympathy. I mean, from everybody, top to bottom, CEO, right down to, you know, my mentor, only ever gotten sympathy. Because one of the things we realized in doing this is like, nobody has the perfect life. Everybody has gone through something and we all understand. But if you keep it to yourself, you know, you might be distracted. Your work product might not be normally what it would be. You might not be as available as you've been. And you certainly don't want people you work with to think like you've dropped off the earth and what happened to that person. Okay. So I definitely recommend being honest, as you know, as honest as you're willing to be. Chris, what are your thoughts on that? I want to go directly to this point. That's great. You're a partner. What about me? I'm like, take my thought, take the title out of it. You're a person. I'm not a partner. I'm a person. And I bet you, like everybody, I shouldn't say everybody, across the firm, I suspect a number of people look at me and think, well, good for him. He's sort of gone through the dark and come at him like he's got it all figured out. Full disclosure, I'm struggling right now. Like right now, I am personally struggling. I've been struggling for months. And Outwardly, it looks like I'm crushing it, right? I just want a huge jury verdict in a huge trial. I got a Ninth Circuit win literally this morning. I'm running some huge stuff and I'm doing good work. But I will tell you, I'm really suffering at a personal level and I have been for months. And I know why. It's because this crucible of work and some other things. My wife and I decided in the middle of trial it was a good idea to move our household, which was dumb. But, you know, it's just there's too much happening right now. And I am suffering. I am personally suffering. I admit it. I can tell you one thing that is different for me this time around versus last time. I don't feel shamed about it. You know, like I know why I'm struggling. I know it's okay to struggle because I did learn that lesson. I'm a person. I'm not a partner. I'm not anything other than a person. And so in this wave of, you know, highs and lows, I'm at a low point at a personal level and I'm okay with that. 
you know? And that's the point that I think I would like everybody in the firm to take is don't look at me as the successful partner and it's fine for me. Don't look at me at the chair because you're kind of dehumanizing me. So don't dehumanize yourself either, right? It's okay. Like this is what I think we use two words in best self all the time, humanity and this phrase, it's okay to not be okay. And it really is like, that to me is the biggest difference in terms of where I'm at right now versus where I was at 10 years ago. I was not okay with the fact that I was struggling. I'm okay with the fact that I'm struggling right now and I'll get it figured out. I appreciate your candor and vulnerability there. And also so many of the things you've said, it sounds, you know, we're all going to struggle. That's what life is, the ups and downs. But I imagine you have more, more tools now to help navigate this moment, as well as the perspective that you now have and everything that we're talking about. Obviously, these are hard subjects. What you have are a lot of people with JDs on this podcast right now. You know, we are certainly not trying to give anybody specific, you know, mental health advice or anything like that. We really just want to navigate the resources at Foley or, or explain the resources at Foley and the culture that we have. But I think what you both said is so incredibly powerful. And that maybe we'll give someone permission to say, I'm, I'm actually not okay. And that's okay. And I am going to reach out to a colleague or a mentor or, or at Foley, someone like myself for Jen Patton on the legal talent team. And I want to get to talking about Confidant Connections, one of our newer programs. But before we do, I also want to highlight as a firm that we have, we have disability leave. We have short-term and we have long-term disability leave. And that's another thing that I know Jen and I have occasionally found ourselves in the position of explaining to someone at the firm how you navigate it, what that means. And that, frankly, it's not very hard to navigate and that that can also be a resource because occasionally you need a, you need a bit of a just a timeout in general to pause on either some physical or mental or you know maybe even other some other sort of reason where you need to take a step back so I wanted to raise that as well Jen I see you nodding so I want to pause to see if you have more to say about that yeah no I appreciated that you raising yourself and me as a resource for people we do have a very broad talent team here at the firm for people who may not be initially comfortable going to their mentor or someone they work closely with. And our team is obviously well-versed in all the resources that are here at the firm and can help people navigate some of those conversations and help them find you know, a path that works for them and their personal life so they can move forward and continue to stay here at the firm. Which I think is probably a perfect segue into talking about confidant connections, because conversations is a big part of that. You know, we've talked about how you can navigate resources within the firm, but we now have essentially a, a formal program around it. And, you know, Jen, I'll let you kick it off. And then I'm sure there's some things for Lita then say about it as well. And Chris. Yeah. One of the things I think that is so neat about this program is this is actually an idea that came from one of the attorneys here at the firm who brought this idea to the attention of the Best Self Committee. And then it's something we were able to run with and implement earlier this year. So Confidant Connections allows Foley personnel to have confidential conversations with colleagues who have gone through similar life events. And that may be everything from getting married to retirement, to dealing with grief, to struggling at work. A variety of topics. The program is really closest to what I'd say is a peer mentoring type program. And we have had dozens and dozens of volunteers here at the firm who have been trained to be confidants, who have volunteered to share a little bit about their story and their names and their stories are available on our firm intranet. And so people who are struggling with specific life events can go and find someone that they want to speak to, maybe someone who's gone through something similar. And they can reach out to them directly and have these confidential conversations. 
So Chris, Emily, I think you were both involved in the creation of this. Could you further expand on it? And maybe Jen, even you could talk more about the person who, not specifics, but what experience they had as to why they, they recommended this. But I'm basically just saying, say more. Lee, say more things about the program. Yeah, because it was actually a, a colleague and a friend of mine who had this idea. And she had just gone through a period in, in her life where she had gotten divorced. And then she had a, an unexpected and very tragic death of her sibling. And I really think it was the death of her sibling where she really struggled to find anybody who had been in a similar circumstance, right? But, you know, to, to lose a sibling at a young age was kind of unique. And she felt very alone in that, even though she had a, a big network of people and we all did our best, we just didn't connect to that because we didn't have that experience. So she mentioned to me, she said, you know, what would be really cool is if we could figure out a way for people within Foley who've had those similar experiences to be able to connect to each other so that, you know, the, the next person in that situation can find somebody within Foley who's had that similar experience and they can talk about it. So I give her just so much kudos for coming up with the idea. She's a person who understands the importance of relationships, probably, you know, way better than me, quite frankly. And I think it was just a brilliant idea. When I think the program in general, as we talk about the culture of the firm, there is something to be said for somebody who is similarly situated to you in some way. So, I mean, in this way, we're talking about somebody within the Foley community who's able to, you know, relate to your situation and maybe has had more time to navigate. Jen, are there any overall thoughts so far on how the program has been going? And I know you mentioned it's on the intranet site, but what happens if someone listening wants to participate in the program? What do they do? If someone is interested in serving as a confidant, they can reach out directly to me and we will get them the training they need to be a confidant. If someone is interested in speaking with someone, we have a confidant connections page on Foley at Work, which is our intranet. And there is a listing of all of the volunteer confidants by life event and they can go there as well. I will say what's been great is we have adapted the program even as we've gone based on feedback that we've received from people. For example, some people have raised their hand and say, well, you don't have a category dealing with a certain topic. And we think there's people out here who wanna speak with someone on that. And so we've added life events to the Confidant Connections program. And so we're gonna continue to monitor how it's going and adapt it so it's most helpful to all of our people. Thank you so much for describing it. I love the fact that Jen mentioned that we have modified this. I mean, I don't know that we've ever aired this out, but best self, really started in earnest, I want to say, in like the fall of 19 or 18, but whatever year it was, we had a meeting in DC and it was about five of us there. And that's when I first heard this concept from Lee. And like, that was the moment where like, this is going to work. And I don't know what work means, but like, this is it. This is the amorphous it. It's raw. It's different. It's interesting. And we were so excited about the idea that we intentionally tabled it. Like, we want to get this right. And we want to take our time because it's it's just different. I think everyone's like, what is this? And so we would have been working, Best Self Committee has been working on Confident Connections in the background for a good couple of years until we formally introduced it earlier this year. But it, it was always like, let's not try to get this out there. Let's try to get this out there and try to make it seem real. And part of what makes it real is we very much have presented as this isn't going to be perfect. We're going to have growing pains along the way. And we're all right with that because really what we're trying to do is 
bring people together. And sometimes that's a little messy. Sometimes it's not as clean as we want it to be. But like I look at Confidant Connections as sort of the lodestar, like keystone part of best self. Like this was perfect and we're not in a hurry to introduce it. What we want to do is actually get this out there in a way that people look at it and say, oh yeah, that, that feels real. And I think Confidant Connections has been the best example of that so far. Which is so incredibly important. And I think, that, I hope particularly for the lawyers listening, the thing we're trying to do is address so many, I mean, what, what's the right word? That lawyers are just afraid to talk about so many things because Chris, you were talking about how on paper, it looks like I've been killing it the past few months. Look at this, look at this. Like I could just show you all these achievements. And I think as attorneys, we end up being so achievement minded that we don't necessarily know how to navigate the rest of this, let alone to talk about it. Because if I show you something other than all my accomplishments, Lee, what are you going to think of me? Chris, what are you going to think of me? And all these things, confidant connections, as Jen said, it is confidential discussion that lets you, you know, for lack of a better term, sort of pull back the curtain on your humanity a little bit, which we hope everyone feels that they can do at the firm in general. But there's so many things that I think make lawyers particularly susceptible, which is why when we do look at the numbers for the profession, when it comes to you know, depression or substance abuse or other sorts of mental health related issues, we're up there. There's maybe one or two professions who are doing worse than us, but it's not so great for lawyers. So as a firm, we're trying to do what we can to address that. You know, and there's a few other things I want to highlight before we start winding down. And one thing is going to be a little bit of a hokey story that either will seem really poignant or we all may roll our eyes a little bit, but I do want to share this before I segue to the next part of our discussion. But I was listening to a, a podcast recently with a performance coach. He'd gone through a lot of his own hard times and he randomly had learned about the giant sequoias, you know, those massive trees that have been around for like hundreds and maybe some of them thousands of years. And how you would assume that the reason they can stand so tall and weather such difficult storms is because they have massive root systems, right? You assume the roots must just go down really deep. But it turns out they actually don't, that for how big they are, their roots are relatively shallow. But what they do is they, they're they connected to one another. The trees actually hold on to one another. And so that allows them to weather storms better. And so I think really what we're trying to do at Foley is create that root system because we can't all just grow our roots you know, down 10,000 feet. And I really think of Confidant Connections as an example of that. So thank you for allowing me to share that. But I think, it, oh yeah, Chris, go ahead. Not only just from a mental health, but like from a client service perspective too, it's actually not that different. You know, I Law360 just interviewed me earlier this week and ran the article about how do you survive during trial? And having just come out of a trial, I had really got this understanding that like, you know what's most valuable to me at this point in my career is building successful teams. And yeah, I'm maybe the leader of a number of different teams, but we were underground for this trial essentially for six weeks. And I just didn't feel the need to micromanage stuff because I, you know, I now have teams of people who know me, they know, I know them. And same concept, like managing my stress and managing my ability to deliver good client service in a crucible was very much related to having a good team or many good teams as the case may be. So it's everything, right? This idea of relationships, connections between humanities. Yeah, it's there for when you need some help when you're struggling, but it's also what's going to make you the strongest in terms of doing this job, I think anyway. I think that's a really important, a really, really important point. And actually something that Daljeet talked about, I had Daljeet Dougal, our CEO and chairman on, and he talked about the importance of teams, but it's wonderful to talk about it in this context as well. And I think also, I heard this from a friend of mine who's an attorney coach, another large firm. He said, he wishes lawyers would stop just trying to find the book to fix it. 
So they'll encounter an issue and it's like, it's fine. I have like six books about it. I don't need to talk about it with anyone, (laughs) you know, and I'm certainly not saying he's not saying not to read books about it, but we naturally will go to, I think, a very like cerebral, logical, let me just get the six step plan and I'll execute on it versus reaching out, you know, to teams or community or whatever it is. And I think that's often to our detriment. So as we start to, we have a little bit more time together, but as we start to wind down, Jen, I wanted you to to get you to talk about some of the other Foley benefits and resources that we haven't been able to highlight so far. Well, I want to start with one that's not actually a Foley specific benefit, but that's lawyers assistance programs. Chris mentioned it early on in the work that his wife had done with the Florida Lawyers Assistance Program. These are programs that are available in all the jurisdictions where we have an office across the country and they provide free and confidential services to assist with topics ranging from anxiety to depressions to substance use and suicide prevention. So very similar to the EAP that Lee had mentioned, but another external resource in that regard. Alexis, you had already mentioned a lot of the benefits that we offer here through our medical plan, through leave. If people need to take it, we also offer flexible schedule options that allow our attorneys to work on a reduced schedule when they're dealing with personal health concerns or caregiving responsibilities. We're really fortunate at Foley to also have an in-house executive coach who is a resource on many of these topics as well and has worked with attorneys across the firm on various well-being related topics. We offer all of our Foley personnel a a free subscription to the Calm app for purposes of meditation, sleep, and relaxation resources. And then one of the things I'm actually going to now pitch it to Chris that we have done to really open up the dialogue around this topic is hosting attorney panels to discuss mental health in the legal profession. Chris and Lee are obviously amazing voices on this topic here at the firm, but we are trying to obviously open it up and hear other stories as well. So Chris, do you wanna share a little bit about the panel presentation we hosted last year and one we actually have upcoming again in a couple of days? Sure, so yeah, last year, Mike Tutor, Raj Tannen, and Joanne Molinar were gracious enough to give their time and not prep in sort of the traditional panel way. And I kind of told him like, I'm not going to tell you guys a lot of what I'm intending to talk to you about because authenticity matters. And what I don't want is the, I agree with what Joanne says, and then I'm going to say the same thing, sort of typical panel thing. I'm like, I want this to be real and I want this to be raw. Because again, the idea is still sort of in this nascent stage of best self like, Hey, like we got to kind of shine a light into the darkness. And if the light looks like it's, already been teed up to be spotlighted. It doesn't look like it had to find its way, right? So they did a wonderful job. I got better feedback out of that. And man, it was very affirming to have that. And so we actually have another one scheduled for Mental Health Awareness Month on Wednesday. And intentionally, we're going to do a lot of the same approach, which is I I have told our panelists, don't expect to know what you're going to be asked about a whole lot. And you better be okay with that. And they seem to be. But I, you know, I'm sort of focusing on sort of the middle generation of the firm to some degree. So I'm looking forward to having a couple of our more junior partners and as well as a senior counsel. And I really want, we're gonna try and really focus them on, listen, like you're a voice just as much as Mike and Raj and Joanne and me are too, speak your voice and speak it not just in, hey, I'm now a successful partner, but what was it like five years ago when you were sort of in that cube associate? Like I wanna make sure that we are using this to get as much of the spectrum out there and as many different viewpoints 
out there, all of them being authentic and maybe even a little bit controversial, right? Like, and nobody, everybody has to agree. Like, that's sort of the beauty of this is everybody's got a voice. Everybody's got an opinion. And that's okay. We should be okay with that. So let's put that out there for people. So Wednesday, tune in. Although this will probably publish after that's run, right? <laughs> Exactly. For the Foley attorneys listening, if you want to check that out, because this will definitely publish at least like I think a day or two after that happens, I do believe it will be recorded and put within our resources. So you can certainly listen to it after fact if you missed it live. And what I'd like to do in our last few minutes is actually transition to the advice, the thoughts, the things you wish people knew. But before I do that, as the firm's director of diversity and inclusion, I do want to highlight that, you know, everybody, because of what's been going on in the world, is under, I think, a lot of psychic stress, let alone whatever personal things you're navigating. I want to highlight particularly for underrepresented groups, you know, people of color, LGBT community, whatever community, but if you're in a marginalized community, there's likely an added layer of that. And I just want to give a shout out to a podcast I did with Rithu Basin, which is episode 61 of this podcast, where she talks about that in particular for marginalized communities and how that can impact your well-being. So I recommend checking that out. But with that said, what I'd like to do is ask each of you, and I might even give some of my own advice, which I usually don't do on the show at the end, but what do you wish people know, knew or what are your words of advice for managing one's own mental health or well-being. And Lee, I'll start with you. So be kind to yourself. I can't say that enough. I love what Chris says when it's okay to not be okay. I think recognize that this is a long life. There's going to be a lot of fabulous things that happen in your life, and there's going to be a lot of not so fabulous things that happen in your life. And it's all okay, but it is not okay to suffer. So if you feel like you are suffering, reach out to one of the many, many resources we've told you about, and you should never need to suffer alone. Yeah. Well, and one thing built into the it's okay to not be okay is we then judge ourselves for not being okay. It's even more energy expenditure. You're already dealing with the not okayness. You don't have to now judge yourself for it. Right. Don't try to talk yourself out of not being okay as if it's some sort of weakness. It's not weakness. It's life. Yes. And it's okay to lean on other people to take some of that burden off of you. Very much so. Jen, how about you? My advice is very similar, and it's a take on what Chris said earlier and thinking that other people have it together and you don't. Like, I always say Instagram life is not real life. You see everybody out there and they look happy and they look like they have it together when secret is none of us really do and everyone's going through their own struggle. So, you know, my advice would be give others grace and give yourself grace. We could all use a little extra grace right now, I think. And as Lee said, just a reminder for people that you are not alone. This really is an amazing community here full of people who want to help and be a resource. So whoever it is you go to, whether it's a mentor, someone on the talent team, a friend, please just do seek help from anyone you're most comfortable with. Yeah, before I go to Chris, I'm going to jump in with some advice that I was actually given by, he's a former Foley partner, but it was when I was a summer associate at Foley way back in 2006. But what he pointed out was as the law firm, we will get the business done for our client. We will. And if something happens, you're not around, we'll figure it out. We really will. And I sometimes have to remind attorneys of this when it comes to taking care of themselves. Like we really want you to take care of yourself. So you're with us for the long term. But I hate to say it this way, but like, please don't be a martyr and say that, you know, you're the only person capable of figuring out. Because if tomorrow something happened, because we work in teams, we would close ranks, get that work done for the client, and you could take care of yourself. And I think that's really hard to do. I certainly hope that this doesn't lead to, you know, half the firm deciding they need to go go on leave tomorrow. But I think sometimes as lawyers, we will 
make it as if we're not able, particularly for the longer term, you know, you're dealing, you're grieving, there's something really hard you're dealing with by asking for help, by talking to mentors, by talking to the Lees and the Chris's that you work with, they will figure out how to shift things so that the client work gets serviced and you can take care of yourself as well. Chris, how about you parting words of wisdom or things you wish people knew? Gosh, I could go on for way too long. We do have a little bit of time, so go ahead. (laughs) I will give you this statement about myself that I have learned. I guess I like analogies, but the more that I pick up and wear my weaknesses, the stronger I get. I have really learned that about myself because I'm actually not running away from the weaknesses anymore. I'm picking them up and carrying them with me and I'm having to do the work in the process. So I'm in that stage right now. You know, I'm finding new realms of weakness and okay, I'm just fine with that. You know, I don't necessarily love the moment to moment of it, but I can see it for what it is. So I guess maybe that is one. And the other is just sort of this idea that I went back to in the beginning that this is not a switch that gets flipped. And what I would ask of people is obviously listen very carefully what we said, but if some of this resonates with you, become part of the community because the bigger the community gets, the quicker the stigma ultimately goes away. And the the less we hear over and over again, well, that's how it used to be done. So that's going to how it's going to be done now. Like whatever happened has happened, but we're trying to learn from the past, but ultimately go forward. So I guess that would be the advice is, A, we're all super brilliant, know everything we're talking about, so listen to what we say. But if you like what you're hearing, be part of the movement with us. And that does not mean you have to walk around airing your dirty laundry. But if you hear something that says, that doesn't actually feel right, listen to that instinct and think about it instead of just like, well, that must be how the law firm does it. Like, it doesn't have to be. I think we've definitely shown that by just how many programs and how we respond when someone raises something that's a new approach. But with that, I want to thank everyone for being on the show. It's a conversation we will continue to have at the firm. And also, I won't ask you individually, but I will just state that if anybody, if you resonate with anyone on here and you'd like to speak with them further, please don't hesitate to email myself, Chris, Lee, or Jen. We'd be happy to speak with you. And frankly, that's whether you're at Foley or you are not. I'm certain there's a lot of law students listening who also may have questions. But with that, I will just thank each of you for joining me on this special episode of the show. Thank you, Alexis. Our pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to learn more about Jen, Lee, or Chris, I encourage you to listen to their respective episodes of The Path and The Practice. Chris is episode 25. And in that, as we share in the show, he really goes into an in-depth origin story and is extremely candid about some of his struggles as a practicing attorney. Jen Patton is episode 39 and Lee is episode 52. And trust me, every episode is worth your time. I really encourage you to check them out. Also, if in listening to this discussion, you've realized that you could use some support. If you are a Foley attorney, I encourage you to use the resources that we have outlined. You can find many of them listed in the firm's intranet, but also feel free to to reach out to myself or to Jen Patton if you'd like some guidance or assistance. Additionally, if you are a law student, your law school likely hosts a number of well-being and mental health resources. Please connect and explore those. Also, for the other large law firm attorneys or other attorneys listening, your employer likely has an EAP similar to what Bully provides. Please look into those resources, but also connect with your local state bar association. Your state bar likely has some sort of lawyer's assistance program that can get you on the path to resources to support your mental health and well-being. 
Thank you so much for listening to our discussion today. Thank you for listening to The Path and the Practice. I hope you enjoyed the conversation and join us again next time. And if you did enjoy it, please share it, subscribe, and leave us a review as your feedback on the podcast is important to us. Also, please note that this podcast may be considered attorney advertising and is made available by Foley and Lardner LLP for informational purposes only. This podcast does not create an attorney-client relationship. Any opinions expressed herein do not necessarily reflect the views of Foley and Lardner LLP, its partners, or its clients. Additionally, this podcast is not meant to convey the firm's legal position on behalf of any client, nor is it intended to convey specific legal advice. 